It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And as always, guys, we got a nice big show lined up for you today. Turn one, we're going to talk about the Coca-Cola 600, and we'll talk about some headlines. Apparently, there is another big mover, uh, another big uh, figure in the sport that could be on the move. And we're also going to get to a couple of the other headlines locally and nationally. Then in turn number two, we're going to talk with Riley Floors. Turn number three, Road Dog Mason, Rowan Mason, driver of a hobby stock throughout the area, is going to join us in turn number three. And then in turn number four, we're going to get you set for t- uh, Sunday's race at Sonoma. So that's what you can expect in all four turns for today. Do us a big favor. Make sure you like and share the Fred Stretch podcast. That way we can get more exposure and we can keep uh, getting the name out there. Uh, Dirk, how was your week? Uh, short, but uh, about the same as it's always been. Just get a blood test and another good one and uh, getting back in the swing of things. Next Monday, I get to go in and have my stint pulled out of my bladder, which from what I hear is something I'll just want to do over and over again. So first six weeks is down. Now we got to get to 90 days. Then we got to get a year in. And what I understand after that, it's pretty smooth sailing. Good deal. Wish the local dirt tracks had that smooth of sailing. <laughs> Boy, it's kind of a crapshoot, ain't it? Ridiculous. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty upset, but I'm not near as upset as the man who lost a ton of money on one of the best races of the year. That's totally my opinion, but I don't think I'm too far off on that opinion. I-80 Speedway lost their butt on Sunday night for the Charlie Clark Memorial, and it wasn't the fans' fault. I thought it was a decent crowd for the weather forecast, but uh, once again, we, I, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago with the 1,000 to win at Crawford County Speedway, and they got 13 modifieds to show up. Nobody from over in the Nebraska area really went over there. It was mostly Iowa guys. And the one of the biggest paying mo- local modified races, 3,000, and I was actually wrong. I kept saying 1,022 to win. It was 1,222 for each one of the stages. So there was uh, $3,666 on the line. Maybe it was in three sixes in a row that scared people off. Maybe, maybe. And speaking of sixes, we only had 16 modifieds that showed up. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've never been able to really put my finger on things in the dirt world. Uh, I, I haven't been around long enough, but then again, neither has Joe Kaziski, and he's been around a hell of a lot longer than me. You draw question marks every once in a while. You've been a hell, around a hell of a lot longer than me. It, it, I don't get it. I don't know. It, it's it, you, you, I'm incredibly frustrated because that's one of my favorite races. And um, Kelly Shryock decided to go to Stewart, Iowa for a thousand to win race where he could have came to I-80 Speedway and, and raced. Uh, it, it's just a little farther down the road. And uh, he decided to stop in Stewart, Iowa. Ryan Jenkins says he had a bent horn. Um, but he was able to complete the feature on Saturday night at Eagle. So I don't know how bent it was, but um, then Johnny and Jackson Sadoff both told me, yeah, we're going to be there. Don't worry, we'll be there. And then they didn't come and didn't see Jared Heffelman, who has been been a previous champion at I-80 Speedway. Uh, Shane Hyatt, who did get into an accident on Saturday night, but I was under the assumption by being told by his crew members that they were going to get a fix to be out at I-80 Speedway. Just a lot of the big names. I, I, I don't know what happened. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought I read on Facebook, Jared just got a new car. Uh, Hoffman? Yeah. Yeah, he just got a new Razor chassis. It was on Razor's uh, Facebook page. So I don't know if he wanted to try and shake down a new car at that race or not. But yeah, I I really don't know. I don't know Jared very well at all. But uh, for a race, when you talk to these guys, carries so much prestige. You know, I'd love to win the Charlie Clark. I'd love to do this, you know. Mm -hmm. That's a race locally that is always mentioned and, and then no turnout. And usually it's a 24 or 22 car field. Again, the theme of 22 is because Charlie Clark drove the number 22 modified. Um, so it's either a 22 or 24. I remember in the past, you know, there'd be 35 cars that would show up and Joe would be trying to talk Lisa into letting him start 28. But she's like, no, dad, we don't have our money in the purse. We need to, who's going to pay for the extra per who's going to, that wasn't a problem Sunday night at I 80 speedway. It, uh, it was, are we even going to have enough cars to fill the a feature? And they didn't, they, they only got 16. There wasn't even a B feature, which is just, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I noticed, uh, Jesse sobbing was online trying to to get some people to come out i want to say he posted something about five o'clock if i remember right and mm-hmm. uh you know don't even have two dozen cars here yet or something come on guys get out here it's the charlie clark memorial we're racing it's it's just sad it, yeah I, I don't know what else to say and i don't know i don't know what joe could do i mean for years modified guys told him pay us better we'll show up pay us better we'll show up and i've talked about it on this show before that's not the case. You pay better, and it seems to be the excuse is, well, you paid too well, and we didn't want to be running for 10th because all the big guys were going to show up. To me, if you got the car to run 10th, you got the car to win, too. Yeah. yeah you, know, I, you don't you don't say we can only run 10th. You say, you know, uh, we're not coming because we're going to be in the B feature. Now, that's a legitimate deal, but don't say you're going to run 10th so you're not showing up. Yeah, that makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, But by the way, I do want to say this. Uh, Justin Gregg said it. I can't remember if it was during the uh, Taylor Computers winter interview that we did or if it was after we'd stopped recording, but he he turned to me and he said, it's really disappointing there was only 16 cars tonight, but I tell you, every one of those guys could have won this race. It was, it was some great drivers that showed up. I'm not going to say it was the best of the best because, again, Jackson Sadoff, who's becoming very good and that modified wasn't there. Ryan Jenkins, who is a rising star wasn't there. Johnny Sadoff, who's been a staple in the modifieds and, and incredibly talented. He wasn't, you know, there was, there was 15 other guys that if they would have shown up, I'd have said it was the best of the best, but that wasn't the case on Sunday night. So yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, this Friday, I 80 has announced that any sport mod that wants to come and race with the modifieds, you're welcome to tag the back of the field and any hobby stock that wants to come and race, you're able to dra- uh, tag the back of the, Uh, stock car field so um, they're doing their best to try to bolster some uh, car counts and try to help because let's face it the back pit gate pays for the purse and when you got to do double features nearly every night in the modifieds they're losing they're losing out on money they're losing money not losing out on money they're losing money and that's not a formula that's going to continue to keep the gates open at i80 speedway yeah i mean you know, in, in my personal opinion, a modified class has got out of hand, but it did that a long time ago. That's not this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been out of hand for 20 years, you know, and the B-Mods are starting to get out of hand. Everybody's got a new chassis where the B-Mod class was originally for hand-me-down chassis, just like the Grand Nationals were in the, you know, and limited late models were. Right. And, you know, then 
you know, that's gotten to where everybody's got a chassis every couple of years anyway. They don't have a new one every year, but the modified guys do, which, you know, for your chassis builders like Razor, you know, they're selling the heck out of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's something's got to change with the industry. I, I don't know. There's plenty of modifieds out there that more than 16 should have shown up on Sunday. Oh, I totally agree with you. I don't know what it but, is. And, and anybody also, tells me that it's I, the only thing I can guess is it was the weather because there was there was storm clouds all throughout the area. It was raining. People were telling us it rained all the way through Omaha. And then when they got outside Omaha, that it stopped raining finally. And when they got to the speedway, it was completely dry. And 20 minutes before race, I kept getting people message in the page. Are you guys racing? It's raining everywhere. Are you guys racing? Yes, it's not racing at the racetrack. It's not raining at the racetrack. We're racing. That's why I, I get so frustrated at these people that post that stuff on a page. Hey, it's raining at this place. You posting that just turned away, I don't know how many people, because they thought, now oh, we're going to get out there and it's going to get rained out. Yeah, it's been said a million times, you can't fix stupid. <laughs> you know, it's like the people that sit there and take and, and post their videos all over Facebook or do live feeds of the race, and they don't think they're stealing from the promoter. Yeah. Yeah, that's another conversation we need to have someday is, is streaming, uh, streaming the races. We've had it several times. Because I know that there's people frustrated at, at Ego Raceway for not streaming the races again this year, but Racine flat out said, we ended up losing money last year. And when I, I would like them to stream it because I think it, it brings some national attention to Eagle. But the problem is that people pay $16 to stream the races, and we don't know how many people are sitting in that garage watching the race. And we know for sure they're not at the racetrack buying beer and buying food, which that $12 ticket turns into a $30 night, maybe a $35 night. That's even more profit for the racetrack that keeps the doors open. Anyways, getting a little sidetracked. Uh, but congratulations to Justin Gregg and Jacob Hobscheid. I did want to send out a, uh, an attaboy to Dylan Silman. That kid is absolutely on fire in the 35D machine. I think he should have won that overall. But uh, he got a penalty during the pit stop, had to go to the tail end of the field, still made his way up. I want to say he finished fifth or sixth um, in, a, in a hell of a race. I mean, my God. So that uh, that 35 D of Dylan Silman, he's we're going to get him on the show in the next couple of weeks to talk about talk to him about his his uh, short career and what he's got going on. But uh, great kid, talented driver. I'm excited to see what he can do. Sobbing one in the Brandon Rat late models. We don't need to go through the winners because we did on. I got all those interviews posted, so. Oh, the only one I didn't get was was uh, Stefan Oaks, who won the uh, Jamie Spanel tribute race. Uh, $1,015, great race uh, with Jamie. And there was some some great sport compact drivers that showed up. Uh, Stefan Oaks, as we mentioned, he won the race. Both the Bullmeyer brothers showed up. The Van Osdels showed up. Um, yeah, which I thought it was kind of funny that one of the Van Osdels happened to just have just a terrible car. And he managed to say right around that 14, 15 spot range. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, he finished 15th. I, I think uh, it, having seen what those two guys, Brian and Chris Van Osdale, could do at I-80 Speedway and other racetracks around the area, I find it awfully suspicious that he happened to have a 15th place car. But it is what it is. I don't think it's cheating. Well, do you think that would – is that bad sportsmanship? No, I don't think so. $315 is four or five wins for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When they're racing, I think at I-80, I can't remember if they raced for $70 or $80 to win. I was thinking it was 85 but I could okay. be wrong. But, yeah, it's right in that ball. It's under 100 bucks. Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, how he was able to do that, you know, is, is semi-amazing. Uh, I ended up catching wind of it. 
they uh, had, well, I guess I shouldn't say they had. The conversation all that day with other sport compact drivers were two, two prevailing thoughts. You really got to keep an eye on who's lap traffic, first off. But then you just check that scoreboard every time out of turn four, you see who's in 10th, and then you count five spots back. The yeah, other one is you have a spotter that sits along the front stretch or along the back stretch in the corners, wherever you can see them easily. And you have them tell you what position you're in. Yeah, I was going to say to be able to run in 15th position and count from the scoreboard 10th back, they get strung out enough. There's going to be times you can't count that. Yeah. And they did, by the way, they did, by the way, when it got down to the closing laps, I started counting back because, of course, I'm not saying bad about my race pass, but of course, they happen to go the my race pass live scoring quit working on that race. It did get strung out those last couple of laps. I had to keep in mind. I was listening to Scott as he was calling the race with me and he was talking about lap traffic. So I, I was able to count back to 15th. That's quite a feat to be able to finish 15th. It's not like he was trying to finish fourth or fifth, which you can see on the scoreboard, Mm -hmm. you know, anywhere in the top 10, but yeah, my guess is he probably had somebody spotting either. It could have been in a corner, could have been, you know, anywhere on the track, you know, and when he got in the 15th place, they just gave him a big ass thumbs up. And then he knew where he was at. Yeah. You know, nobody can pass me and I can't pass anybody up. The 11th place guy fell back or fell out, you know, with a flat tire. I got to, I got to drop down a spot, you know, but uh, yeah, that's that, you know, I'll give the guy credit for doing that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, he, did it. he got the $315 he did and a great tribute to Jamie Spanel, who uh, was a multi-time national champion for NASCAR national champion at I-80 Speedway. Uh, just uh, um, a really, really cool night, again, with the uh, Charlie Clark Memorial and the way that unfolds and paying tribute to Charlie and then the Jamie Spanel tribute race, the way that unfolded. So, yeah, very cool night. Uh, sorry that people missed out on it because they thought it was going to rain, but um, we'll see if it happens next year. <laughs> I think if I asked Joe Kaziski today, he'd tell me no. He could be like me and sit home and watch the boring 600. Man. Do you want to talk about that at all? I mean, what is there to recap? Kyle Larson led like 90% of the race. Yeah, not quite 90%, about 80, 327 out of 400 laps. So just a hair over 80%. But, uh, you know, he won by 10 seconds. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't in question. But uh, I don't know what Hendricks got going on right now, but they've got something figured out. Well, and they got, man, alive. Do they have... They got you, you couldn't say that any better because guess who picked Kyle Larson to win the race? Just about everybody, <laughs> including me. So what I'm saying is I'm not saying I, I, I'm a good pick. I'm saying that they overcame my bad luck. You know, I was going to pick him, but then I just said, yeah, it, you know, it, it just looks too easy. So I didn't. I took Brad Keselowski, who never never saw the top 10 except on uh, green flag pit stop rotations. You know, he just sat there between 11th and 15th or 16th and just drove around all day, you know, and the way that went, he might be lame duck. You know, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but he very well could be, you know, because he just, you know, and he won the race last year. Of course, he won it on a on pit strategy, but still he won it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's to do that. The, the Charlotte that that race, it's to me, it it doesn't mean anything to me. I, I don't care that it. You know, they talk about these, well, the crown jewel races of NASCAR, Daytona, um, Bristol, the Coca-Cola 600 is one of the crown jewels. Uh, for some reason, the Brickyard 400 is a crown jewel, but the Coca-Cola 600, they keep saying, well, it's because it's the longest race. So it's the toughest. It, it is a boring race. 
whenever the, the biggest, the, the most important strategy is be out front and you're going to lead a ton of laps. That clean air continues to be a, a thorn in NASCAR's side that no matter how much they've made changes to that aero package that has supposed to slow the leader down and help second place suck up to him and be able to get by him, that's not the case. At these big mile-and-a-half tracks like Charlotte, like Kansas, it's not a fun race to watch when the leader is is literally half a second to an eighth, Ten uh, eight-tenths of a second faster, uh, ahead of the field after the s- completion of the first lap or the second lap. I mean, it's just insane how fast they are. Well... To me, the problem with the aero package they put on at these mile and a half tracks is the fact that they pulled the horsepower back too. You know, they double whammied the whole deal. That was the 550 horsepower package along with that special aero package. They either need to have the aero package or have the horsepower, one of the two. You know, let them run the all-out horsepower and let them run 800 horsepower and uh, run this aero package. And let's see who's got the nuts to go out there and race. (laughs) Well, they all do. No, no, there's some of them that don't. There's some guys that 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 has more to do with their gender than their than their uh, gravitas. No, I, I, you know, you're you're missing my point. There's some guys that don't put a car in a bad spot. Uh, Landon Castle, kind of. Um, You know, they're usually back markers. Uh, Corey LaJoy doesn't get into too many bad spots. You know, there's several guys like that, and uh, they're also never going to win races. Yeah. They don't take chances. Now your winners, you know, Kyle Bush, he'll put the car anywhere he thinks he can pass somebody at. He made a thread the needle move in that 600 that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and don't let me take it take anything away from Kyle. Obviously, he's an incredibly talented guy. I think he went out and won a World of Outlaws race after the the Coca-Cola 600. He won one on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, not Sunday night, but he won one Monday. Yeah. Uh, was it Port Royal where he won at? I, didn't I don't remember but yeah. Yeah, he won. He won a World Outlaws show the next day. You know, guy's got a ton of talent, but evidently William Byron, Alex Bowman, and uh, Chase Elliott all have that same talent too, because those Hendrick cars were in the top. Those four cars were in the top five half the race. Yeah, well, I noticed That's that insane. when I was when I was looking through, uh, set up in the booth at I eighty doing the the Charlie Clark call. I noticed that as I was watching the stage finishes, and it was five, nine, twenty four. It like the top three or four. With the same cars, I kept kind of refreshing, and I'm like, "Did they just post the the last stage results by mistake?" No, that's just the way it was. And uh, I saw a funny thing. I don't know if it was something that actually happened over the radio, but um, I think it was Alan Gustafson, and the crew chief for Chase Elliott radio down and said, "All right, Chase, what do you need?" And Chase replies back, "Apparently, I need a five on the side of my car." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that one that one was pretty good. And, and Kyle Busch running around there in fourth most tonight. He. Uh, he made a radio comment. He was in the second stage. He goes, we've got a problem with these Hendricks cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're hitting it right now. Um, so anybody in the fantasy league uh, might be a good time to use up your Hendrick picks because they're, uh, they're definitely hot. Although now we're going to a road course. So Chase Elliott should be your pick for, for this, uh, this coming weekend. All right. Yeah, he's going to be starting up front too. So I wanted to take a quick minute. I talked about it at the big top of the show. Um, there was a, a big guy in the sport that was possibly on the move. 23XI Racing has announced that they are looking to expand to a second car next season. And rumor has it that Kurt Busch could, uh, could be filling in that second seat. Uh, he's one of the top candidates to take over that ride. 
and, uh, and, and expand that operation. He is in the final year of, uh, I believe he had a one year contract with Chip Ganassi racing. Um, I, I like that pick. I, I think that's a smart pick with him and Denny Hamlin kind of working together and, and Kurt, Kurt is kind of becoming a journeyman in the sport, but he's incredibly smart. He, he reminds me a lot of, of uh, Mark Martin. He reminds me a lot of Mark Martin where he's, he's just got a ton of knowledge and talent and, uh, and, and a lot of teams that despite his age are, are excited to tap into that and help, you know, use him to help build their operation. Yeah. I'm not going to agree with you on that one. I, uh, if I was looking to get an established driver, that probably wouldn't be the one I'd look at. And, and that's just for? my opinion. Throw, uh, throw, throw contracts out the window. Let's not worry about who's still locked into a contract. Who, if you were running 23 XI, who would you want? Or 2311 racing. I keep saying it wrong. Well, you get, you got to throw out the Toyota cars because they're a Toyota team and Toyota is not going to want them stealing a Gibbs driver. Mm-hmm. Um, so you throw out the obvious one to me, which would be Martin Truex, you know, been around for 15, 18 years and, uh, obviously has a championship, so plenty of success and still runs good. Um, see, that's my kind of complaint with Kurt Busch Just he just, he's not getting any finishes right now. You know, there's well, a few and far between and he's got the knowledge, but I, we've said this back when Kyle Larson raced for Chip Ganassi racing, they don't have the equipment and technology. And we're seeing the difference now that he's with Hendrick Motorsports, where the guy was good for one, maybe two wins a year. Now he's, he's what, three already? Has he got three wins or just two? I think he's just got two wins. I thought he had three. My bad. I'll follow up on that. But um, so who do you, have you kind of narrowed down who you think it would be? Or am I putting you on the spot? Well, you're putting me on the spot a little bit. But if it wasn't rumored, which seems to be a good rumor, um, that Brad Kay's leaving Penske mm-hmm. um, and the situation was coming on with the 2311 picking up a, uh, a second team. Joey Logano would have been a good candidate. And he was in the Toyota camp before when he was at Joe Gibbs. You know, he couldn't get out of his way at Joe Gibbs, but then he got over to Penske and, and got a, he's got a solid career. You think Logano would have been the better pick uh, over, uh, over Bush, Kurt? Yeah, but. But if, if uh, Keselowski's going, Logano ain't going nowhere because he'll be top dog at, yeah. at Penske. So. Yeah. What do you think about maybe they got the information wrong and Brad's heading over to 2311? I don't see that happening. because It's he's an not- interesting thought, but I don't see it either. I see him, if, if there's a part ownership deal on the line with Roush Fenway, that's where he's going. And I don't, that's think, what I think. I don't think 2311's prepared to offer that opportunity. No, not at this point. And I don't see Brad going to Toyota. I just don't see that. Yeah. You know, he's always been, he was, he was in a Dodge with Penske first and now he's been in a Ford and that's where his family's legacy comes from. His dad always had Fords and Dodges. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't see him leaving the Ford right now, unless Dodge would come back in. If Dodge had a new team starting up, you might see him go to that, but yep. You know, I don't see that happening. So. One last news article, NASCAR announced that championship championship weekend will return to Phoenix Raceway for the 2022 season. That'll be the third season that they will crown a champion at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, love the idea. I think Phoenix is a great alternative. I like the idea of it being a homestead, but I do like the idea of it moving around a little bit. And Phoenix has been a good alternative so far. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing it go to Vegas. I wouldn't mind seeing it go to Texas. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be south just because it's so yep. late in the year. Yep. Um, and I don't believe you would ever see it at like Talladega. 
Yeah. But then again, to put a title on the line. Then again, you know, it's NASCAR. <laughs> they do like to do yeah. things that the rest of us are going, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know, if this race at NASCAR or Nashville becomes a, a solid race, I wouldn't be surprised to see the championship go there in a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us in turn number one. We're going to come back in turn number two, Riley Floors. We're going to wrap up our Ruddock Fabrication interviews we did at the World Wheels Car Show a few months back. Uh, Riley Floors is going to join us, and then Road Dog Mason. Rowan Mason is going to join us in turn number three. We're going to come back in turn number four. We're going to get the results for the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, we're going to come back, get you set for uh, Cinema Raceway, and then uh, get you on your way for the rest of the week. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Red Oak Fabrication in Red Oak, Iowa is changing the powder coating game. Drivers and teams have overpaid for good work for far too long. Get to Red Oak Fabrication and get quality powder coating at an affordable price. A brand new bare frame gets done for $450. Plus the turnaround time, days, not weeks. Get your free estimate today. Email Jordan F at RedOakFabrication.com. See what Red Oak Fabrication can do for you today on their Facebook page or at RedOakFabrication.com. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. 